Today's show is sponsored by Supreme Whiskey Stones, an LEO business specializing in the best whiskey accessories to protect and serve your favorite pours. From whiskey stones to customer laser etched glassware, they take pride in what they do and love making their customers happy. Check them out on Instagram at Supreme Whiskey Stones, at SupremeWhiskeyStones.com, or through the various military and first responder organizations they sponsor. Cheers. I feel like people look at our cold open to get some wisdom from you. Jesus. <laughs> That's tough times right there. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, you're always talking about not wasting an opportunity. I feel like someday it's going to be like, what did Wayne Gretzky say? And what did Zeke Baker say? Like Wayne Gretzky said, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. What did Zeke Baker say? You take every shot you can. You wake up where you find yourself. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. How y'all doing? How you doing? Well, you know, another day in paradise, supposedly, maybe. Who knows? So how are you? Good week? Not too bad. We we landed a, a gallon, I mean, literally a gallon bottle of Shinley blended whiskey, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's any good. We're going to find out in a little while, probably. But you're going to bring it. We are. Now, if you're listening here, we're not going to post it anywhere else. If you are listening here, we do our annual anniversary party slash Zeke's birthday in February, even though Zeke's birthday is in January and our anniversary is in November. We do our annual anniversary party in February because... Like typical dad's fashion, we wait until we get an opening, and every year it ends up being February. So as we are behind in reviews, we are behind in celebrating ourselves. And you're going to bring this bottle to it. We're not going to post about it anywhere else. But if you listen to this podcast and you want to go to the anniversary party, it will be on the 23rd. We don't want to have a 1,000 people in your house, Zeke. So we're talking about it here rather than posting it on our group. Yeah, you know, we we try to give uh, credit and cheers to those that pay attention and listen to us, even as uh, painful as it may be at times. So, uh, as John said, we're having a bottle share the night of the 23rd, probably around 9 p.m. There's pictures of it somewhere in the archives of what we had last year. And don't feel like you need to bring something crazy. Like, you don't need to bring Crazy Willet. You don't need to bring Pappy. Like, you got a good no, store pick, bring a store yeah. pick. You know? No need to bring any ringers. As uh, we're all going to be having several pours throughout the evening, and it's more about good time, camaraderie, and whatnot. If you've got a random pick or a, a bottle you don't think folks have seen or had before, bring that. that that's much more uh, significant, so to speak, than something that was possibly expensive. Or even in town, right? There are picks that, that came and, and went yeah. That people wish they still had. You know, bring some of that. But be safe while you do it. Uber, Lyft, whatever you use, ride, share. Make sure you have a DD. Come hang out with us. We'd love to, to hang out with you for a night. Sounds like a good plan to me. 
All right. Well, what we are getting into today is something we're a little bit late on, speaking of being late on things. But last year, Booker's released the Booker's 30th anniversary. This is 125.8 proof, 62.9% ABV. It's a blend of 30% of a 16-year and 70% of a 9-year. They brought the 9-year in for the nose. So the nose of the 16-year kind of uh, alone was not very impressive. So they brought that nine-year in a lot for the nose. This comes in at an MSRP of $199. This one's interesting because it wasn't decided on by committee. Uh, Normally, bookers are decided by committees. That's why you have the bookers roundtable pick. A lot of the bookers are are decided on by a group of whatever the blend is going to be. This one was all Fred with help by Freddie. Another fun fact about this is the boxes that these were contained in came from wood from Warehouse E. Now, we don't have our hands on one of those boxes. We were sent a sample by our friend Bryant. So, Bryant, thank you very, very, very much for sending us a sample of this. That's all you need to know about Booker's 30th, Zeke. Interesting. So, 70% nine-year? 70% nine-year. Wow, because I didn't follow this too closely, but... At least wasn't there an original press release stating that the entire blend was going to be 16 years by itself originally? Originally, it was going to be 16 on its own. And then Freddie came in, gave Fred a little bit of help, nudged him in the right direction. 70% is a lot of help. I was was expecting a a splash, so to speak, of nine years just to subdue or tame any uh, discrepancies that they may have noticed in the profile. But 70%. That's pretty hefty. Everybody talks about age, right? And and I think it's still a holdover from Scotch. You know, there's a Macallan 52 that people sweat. There's Macallan 25, things like that. The regular bookers that we compared this against, and yes, I'm burying the lead, we compared this against a regular bookers, was six years, six months. You don't necessarily need, I think a lot of the holdover from scotch is that you need an older whiskey to be better. Older does not always equal better. I've had four roses that are eight years old that blow the socks off of a 13-year-old four roses. It's, It's really just when is the barrel done? Kentucky and Tennessee are interesting in the fact that some days in January could be 70 degrees and then the next day it's 10 you get a lot of work in and out of that wood. You don't need to age it always 15 years or higher. Well, and something that's also I, I find interesting, and I did check the label to see if it was still on there because I knew it was from older bottlings. But the end of the, uh, the Booker's stock bottle label, at least, my grandfather, Jim Beam, liked his whiskey from six to eight years old. And most all normal Booker's releases are in that six to eight window. Kind of interesting to commemorate a man you're using juice twice the age he thought was ideal. (laughs) Well, no, this says his grandfather, Jim Beam, but this is Booker's. So this is commemorating Booker. Well, either way, I mean, Booker put the line out as a a family tradition, so to speak, and most all of his picks for that age. Well, and a lot of it came out because Booker would always have his sweet spot picks. So that's why center cut was always a good one. He always thought the center cut 
of the rickhouse was the sweet spot to get those honey barrels. They actually named one of the Booker releases Center Cut. Booker would always kind of bottle up, and they weren't ever released. The earliest Bookers were never an official release. He would just bottle up some of the ones that he thought were the best and give them out to friends and family. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, so, you want to get into this yeah, one? Yeah, let's dive in. Enough, uh, enough banter. We compared this against Booker's Tommy's Batch. It is a six-year, four-month, and six-day Release It's 64.25% ABV. That means it's 128.5 proof. And we're always looking for the value play. So what we wanted to do here is we compared the 30th against the regular bookers to see what we thought. So, Zeke, age before beauty. Always. Well, and as a side note, we did go with this uh, particular batch of bookers simply because it's what John had opened. No other particular reason or... uh Hidden motive there, just so clear the clear the air on that one. A hundred percent. Zeke and I were just texting each other and saying, "What do we want to compare this against?" And Zeke said, "What do you have open?" And I said, "I think I have a Booker's. I don't know which one." <laughs> Perfect. So with the thirtieth nose wise, uh, I picked up spice, must, and alcohol vapor. Honestly, it not to be a, abbreviated here, but it didn't really move around a ton for me. I didn't get a, a, a plethora of stuff coming off. It, it somewhat seemed to have a rye mint forward component to it. Kind of once the the must and alcohol cleared off, that spice was still there. I don't know. It, it seemed very rye forward to me, surprisingly. Palette-wise, the that subtle ryeness that was at the back end of the nose really kind of jumped out at me. Um, I thought it had a very peppery kick. Uh, it was not overwhelming, though. I kind of summed it up to being simply... Not a heavy rye profile, but the rye was the dominant flavor. And most interestingly, I never got the, the signature Jim Beam nuttiness that no matter what product or release you have throughout that whole Beam line, nine times out of ten, you find it to some degree. And I didn't really pick it up at all. 100%. I mean, I understand what you're saying by that. Is that uh is that you done with the whole thing or are you just Yep, that's it. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't want to try and reach or go into a whole lot of elaborate detail. I think by now most of us have probably had some beam, some KC, some bookers. Uh, obviously the bookers is cash drinks. So that was the one that stands up and punches you a little more. I think that's what it's always been known for. But I just really wanted to see, you know, what may or may not be there that was outside of of what most of us would assume or perceive in a typical beam product profile depending on the proof or release gotcha so for me the nose i got some citrus it was orange notes uh, definitely some spices slight mint cinnamon and baking spices were the the most predominant thing i got there there was a nutty beam component but it was a little darker more oak than what i I'm accustomed to with the bookers and it was a little subdued. It was, it was all there, but it was a little subdued with the 30th. The taste, I said, it's crazy how it doesn't hit right away, but it's a, a, a slow build. So when you first have it, it's a little creamier and then all of a sudden that spice builds. So I get that creamy caramel, nutty, a little bit of cinnamon at first, but that spice really comes up. And then you get that pronounced tingle that never really goes away 
five minutes later, and this is kind of blending into the finish, my, my cheeks were still tingling and I didn't have anything else. Brown sugar candy bar, but subdued Booker's nuttiness. Funny thing about that is I wrote those notes and then the very last sip I had in the glass, you know, it's that one that it's the last thing in the Glencairn. All of a sudden I had that and I go, oh, there's the Booker's I'm used to. So it was the very, very last sip I had was super nutty. Finish was long, 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 but it wasn't always nuttiness that was long. It was the complimentary items that were in there that never really went away. The tingle, the the spice, the cinnamon. That's really what I got. So the burn stayed with you or a flavor profile stayed with you? The the tingle stayed with me. So just the burn from the alcohol? Yeah. I don't know. Hey, it was there. It tingled. It was it never like I still knew it was there. I called it a stage five clinger because it never really went away. It just kinda Oh no, I see that. I just I don't know. I usually try to omit that from a finished note because I feel like anything that's high proof alcohol, well, yeah, the burn's going to stay there. But it was more so than I get from like a Four Roses or anything else that we've had, like a straight from the barrel, anything that's that higher 128 and above, it doesn't kind of cling like that. I mean, I feel like you have to have a lot of experience with stage five clingers. Like, what's your take? <laughs> I don't, John. <laughs> I, I know how to run. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, with that mustache, people don't cling all the time. <laughs> yeah. John, this is, Jesus. <laughs> when I make Zeke go speechless, you know, it's kind of crazy. Well, no, so I, I saved a, a smidge in the bottom of the glass here. Inevitably, after uh, we run through our notes, I like to hear what John comes up with and, and see what I may or may not have missed or, or picture what's going on in his head, at least, so I can compare it. So... I'm, I'm preemptively nosing this and, and trying to see if there's anything that's moved or changed over the past 20 minutes while it's been sitting in the glass. People have been trying to figure out what's been in my head for 35 years. It's very, very hard. I thought they were trying to figure out what happened to the front of it. <laughs> that too. The dent in my head is still a mystery. So just thinking about this, if it was originally going to be all 16 year and then cut down to only 30%, that must have been, I mean, I can only imagine two drastically different profiles from, yeah, we're going to bottle it like this. No, 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 let's add a little more. I would assume from what little bit we do in tinkering with, you know, blending things and seeing where your profiles range or even, you know, adding water incrementally, they had to start with a small amount of the nine and then just keep pushing it because the profile kept getting better. I have to think that it didn't have enough signature bookers to it. I have to think the 16 was so off profile that they were trying to kind of marry the two together a little bit more and and that's why it's a little bit subdued and i think it's a good opportunity before you talk about that last sip you just had i want to kind of talk about it compared to the tommy's batch because for the nose i said the regular has more mint and vanilla and it was a little lighter to me it had some more dark notes in the 30th opposed to the regular batch the taste it was much more pronounced nuttiness and the nuttiness was way more forward in the regular bookers for me it's the bookers 30th i think long story short right it's just a much more mellow bookers overall at least what i got no i, I would definitely agree that it's i wouldn't say it's subdued or less pungent because it, it still packs a punch, but it is much more of a 
maybe an, an older boxer versus a younger one. When he throws that stiff jab, it's just not going to resonate quite as hard. I could easily see that you know being a, a pretty good line of thought. And even just having this last pour again now, I still pretty much have the same notes. I see what you're saying about the, that burn or singe hanging around, but I don't get any flavors attributed to it. And kind of what I do wonder without being too all over the place is, yes, it was a 16-year that was originally you know, selected for this, but I would think they had to be somewhat off-profile or unique barrels because look at what KC's rolling out now. Folks are getting 14- and 15-year-old KC picks. Yeah, there's some water thrown into it to you know dilute it down just a smidge, but from what I've seen, they're still very true to signature KC profiles. Whatever's in this from the 16 is a unique bird. Well, this is a longer conversation too because <laughs> I find the whole KC thing and very very interesting because they're doing 14, 15 year. What happens when that stuff runs out? Right? I don't think it will. Have you seen how many warehouses they have? I mean, I've seen how many warehouses they have, but do you think there's going to be 14, 15-year picks forever? Not forever, seemingly, but... uh. I mean, did they just plan? Did they plan for the long haul better than others? I think they came along later after the glut than other people. Who's ever jumped up and down about Jim Beam? I've drank plenty of it myself, I'll admit, but... Well, I I I think other brands caught traction first... And also, they were one of the big boys. So I think they just kept pumping out juice back in the day. And as the glut went away and people got more into bourbon, they started pulling stuff from other places first. And then some folks kind of circled back around and said, hey, what's bean got? What does it taste like at different proofs? And then you, you started seeing a, a little more intrigue and, and interest. I used to tape Jim Beam to the inside of my leg, go into Rupp Arena and jump up and down. Does that count? I mean, did you have some coke in there so it mixed it real good? No. No. <laughs> we used to, to get in a Rupp Arena, I'm sure you did it at Georgia, but we would tape we'd tape a flask to the inside of our Yeah, room. no tape. You just wear our shit kickers and put it on each side of the boot. Oh. They check the feet. Check the feet? Yeah. Well, it's not on your feet. It's above your ankle. No. Well, boot comes up mid-calf. Just saying. It's kind of crazy just about what Beam has done and what some of these other places have done. I mean, Beam has it set up that... You know, yeah, Booker's went up in price, but for $20 cheaper, you have those Knob Creek store picks that are 120 proof. It's not, you know, you're missing out on eight and a half proof, but those 120 proof Knob Creeks are pretty damn good for 40, 50 bucks. Indeed. Um, I know, rabbit hole. I'll shut yeah. up. I'll, I'll circle back now as far as uh, what I felt were the differences in the Booker's 30th with the Tommy's batch we have of regular Booker's. The nose initially pretty similar, working into it a little bit. It definitely comes off as much more sweeter. Um, a good mixture and blend of, of corn and youth are in there. And like I say, it's a good corn that's there. Uh, it's just much more inviting. Palette wise was where it really hit home. First, yeah. sip, first sip of this Tommy's batch I had, in my mind, it was just Booker's. I mean, I, I can't say if it's better or worse than any other Booker's I've had. But just generically speaking, oh, yeah, that, that's a good Booker's right there. It just had the, the, the signature mixture of, of a corn with peanut brittle that I just put down as quote-unquote beam. I also thought the proof came off. You know what I find funny? I know I'm ADD like crazy today. I apologize. But you hate corn and other stuff, but you don't mind corn and Booker's. 
It, it depends on how it comes off. It, it has to have some type of matured. I don't know. The barrel turned it in some shape, form, or fancy. So you like it when it gets turned? No, I mean, there's just I think I think so much of it has to do with where people source their grains and or how they're washing, distilling, etc. Corn to corn is not necessarily apples to apples, for lack of better. <laughs> well, sorry to interrupt. Exactly. Proceed. But I, I thought the Tommy's batch was just a much more bolder proof coming off the glass, much more just rip roaring in your face. Just boom. I am cash strength, young, maybe not young, but to a degree. Like, you, you know, to go back to the fighter analogy. I mean, this is an 18 to 21 year old boxer that that's coming out swinging hard as he can. He's probably not covering his head. He, he's he's not being tactical. I mean, it's just in your face. The uh, like the Oklahoma State coach. I'm a man. I mean, that's what this is. <laughs> like, well, that's what I think of when I, I I have bookers because you know it's six to eight years. It is cash strength, and when you get a pull of it. You're in big boy space. You, you, I wear a speed stick. You're not pussyfooting around anymore. I mean, you, you, you know something's in your glass or in your mouth, and, and you better expect it and be ready for it. Or it's going to whoop your ass. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I just felt like obviously being similar to some other batches, just a, a much more true-to-form expression. Agreed. So wrapping all this up, right, what's your final verdict? Buy, bar, or pass on the Booker's 30th? I think it's a bar for for any Booker's enthusiasts, which I know are out there by the multitudes. And at the same time, a strong percentage of those guys, if they see Booker's 30th, they're going to buy it because they have literally every other release in the line. But to the common drinker, it's a bar at best. If it hits your sweet spots, by all means, uh, jump on one if you find it. But I don't think it's a a must-have across the board for a a bourbon enthusiast by any means. I'm 100% with you on that, which doesn't always happen too often but i think the value and bookers if you remember a couple years ago bookers went up from 50 to 70 80 bucks depending on where you are i think the bookers at 70 or 80 over the bookers 30th at 200 is a better value play but i still think the bookers 30th is good you should try it you should go have it at a bar see what you think if you have disposable income and you are a bookers fan it is a good bottle. It's a good pour. It's not a bad pour. It's just we are purely talking about what are the economics and what is the value play here. I still think you have the value play for the regular bookers. So I would buy the regular bookers and bar the 30th. Yeah. And then also you got to figure a, a true bookers enthusiast, they're going to expect that, that strong nutty profile. Some may welcome the change when it's not there, but... I got a strong feeling plenty of folks will be like, where's my bookers, quote unquote. You mean like how they were after a little book came out? <sighs> Something to think about. By the way, if you want to come to our anniversary party, please reach out to us. Let us know. We want to get you there. Find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us on your favorite podcast app, which I think you already have because you're listening right now. But please leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you like us. It helps us more than you know. Show up in searches for other people. All that good stuff. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? This Friday in Clarksville, Tennessee at the Four Roses Charity Function hosted by Lauren Simpson for the Special Ops Excursions Group, which we are thrilled to be attending. 
Saturday at the Bottle Share. Exactly. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. We're, uh, we're going back-to-back nights, old-school style. And March 30th, you can find us doing the Whiskey Warmer down at the West Haven Residence Club down in Franklin, Tennessee. We will be podcasting live at this whiskey event down there on March 30th. Please go ahead, get your tickets now. They're not that bad. I think they're like 35 bucks. So go ahead and get them now before they're all gobbled up at the early bird pricing. But Zeke and I are going to be there, and we are going to do something really, really, really fun. We can't tell you about it yet, but it is going to be awesome what we're going to do at that whiskey event. Awesome? Awesome. It's awesome? It's awesome. Wow. Did I say it's awesome? No, I did. Oh. Cheers. Ciao.